and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Gary McKinnon, UFO Hacker. As many of you recall, Gary McKinnon uh, was the fellow who decided to have a look around some U.S. government computers in his quest for UFO research. Unfortunately for Gary, he did not have permission to conduct this research, and he very nearly ended up in a supermax prison for the next several decades. Now, you can keep in mind this was 2002, so computers and the Internet uh, weren't what they are today. He was dealing with some very slow speeds, and he didn't actually save any pictures. He just viewed them and then talked about what happened to him. Now, in this interview with Wired.com from 2006, Gary talks about what he saw. And the interviewer says, did you find anything in your search for evidence of UFOs? McKinnon, certainly did. There is the Disclosure Project. This is a book with 400 testimonials from everyone from air traffic controllers to those responsible for launching nuclear missiles. Very credible witnesses. They talk about reverse engineered technology taken from captured or destroyed alien craft. Now think about this for a second. Not only does the government know what's going on according to him, but they're talking about it in this thing called the Disclosure Project with 400 testimonials. And here we go again with the reverse, reverse engineered craft that we keep hearing about. Now this is from uh, 2002. This is 2019. Now we're talking 17 years later. And what happens? The government begins to let all this stuff start to bubble up. And we find out that people like Tom DeLong claims to have metamaterial. Uh, the U.S. Navy comes out and tells us that, U that UFOs do exist. But back in 2002... They were denying that any of this stuff was real. Now back to the interview. The interviewer asked McKinnon, like Roswell incident of 1947? McKinnon, I assume that was a first and assume there have been others. These relied upon people have given solid evidence. What sort of evidence? McKinnon, a NASA photographic expert said that there was a building B, excuse me, a building 8 at Johnson Space Center where they regularly airbrushed out images of UFOs from the high-resolution satellite imaging. I logged on to NASA and was able to access this department. They had huge high-resolution images stored in their picture files. They had filtered and unfiltered or processed and unprocessed files. My dial-up 56K connection was very slow trying to download one of these picture files. As this was happening, I had remote control of their desktop and by adjusting it to a 4-bit collar and low screen resolution, I was able to briefly see one of these pictures. It was a silvery-gray, silvery cigar-shaped object with geodesic spheres on either side. There were no visible seams or riveting. There was no reference to the size of the object, and the picture was taken, presumably, by a satellite looking down on it. The object didn't look man-made or anything like what we have created. Because I was using a Java application, I could only get a screenshot of the picture. It did not go into my temporary internet files. At my crowning moment, someone at NASA discovered what I was doing, and I was disconnected. I also got access to Excel spreadsheets. One was titled, Non-Terrestrial Officers. It contained names and ranks of U.S. Air Force personnel, who are not registered anywhere else. It also contained information about ship-to-ship -ship transfers. 
but I've never seen the names of these ships noted anywhere. The interviewer, could this have been some sort of military strategy game or outline of hypothetical situations? McKinnon, the military went the military want to have military dominance of space. What I found could be a game. It's hard to know for certain. Interviewer. Some say that you have given the UFO motivation for your hacking as a distraction from more nefarious activities. McKinnon. I was looking before and after 9-11. So that means he was on these computers before 2001 and after 2001. If I had wanted to distract anyone... I would not have chosen ufology, as this opens me up to ridicule. Interviewer, tell me about your experiences with law enforcement and the procedures you have gone through. McKinnon, I was arrested by British National High Tech Crime Unit in March 2002. They held me in custody for about six or seven hours. My own computer and ones I was fixing for other people were taken away. The other machines were eventually returned, but they kept my hard drive that was sent to the U.S. It was November 2002 when the U.S. Department of Justice started their efforts to extradite me. W.N. The British Crown Prosecution Service dropped charges against you because your activities did not involve British computers. McKinnon. I was to be officially charged in 2003, but a warrant wasn't given until 2004 in June or early or July 2005, I was scooped up from the street by Scotland Yard. I was kept at Belgravia Police Station overnight. I just wore what I had on when I was out. I didn't get a chance to wear a suit in court. I was given police bail. Now we'll get back to this in a second. But you may be wondering how someone could so easily hack into these government databases. And from MysteriousUniverse.com, we learn... Author and journalist John Ronson said of McKinnon, Basically what Gary was looking for and found time and again were network administrators within high levels of the U.S. government and military establishments who hadn't bothered to give themselves a password. That's how he got in. No password. Just signed on. No big deal. So it's kind of hard to call somebody a hacker, in my opinion, when they simply sign on to your computer by typing in the word password. Now, if our government is that incompetent and that careless with top-secret UFO data, it certainly gives us pause to think that they should not be trusted with UFO metamaterial or other related technology. Now, as far as Mr. McKinnon goes, from what I could find about his legal situation, the U.K. has refused to turn him over to the Americans. It's not going to happen. And he is a free man in his own country. However, if you ask me, it might be a good idea for Mr. McKinnon to stay out of the United States. As we all know, the deep state tends to be pretty vengeful. Now, if you go over to the blogspot, ufowarning.blogspot.com, you will find links to the articles that I quoted here, and you can also find a link to an interview that was recorded May 19th, I believe, of 2019 with Mr. McKinnon and uh, Robert Dolan. It's about 54 minutes long. It's a very interesting uh, video. And a couple things uh, I would point out. First off, at the very beginning of the interview, McKinnon brings up the, the idea of... Uh, breakaway civilization. 
And then, very strangely, he quotes Alex Jones as using that term. Alex may have coined, may have coined it, I don't know. But basically what you're talking about with the breakaway civilization is that there's a group of people, and maybe it's the deep state, or maybe it's just that the deep states are, are facilitators, but there, the idea is is that there is a group of people that are so so far ahead of us technologically that we don't have access. And so what actually what we're seeing is not just aliens with UFOs, although it may be aliens in the UFOs, but it's actually a breakaway civilization that that exists among us as though we're ants, and that they've already created these um, off-planet habitations, much like Bob Bigelow was talking about doing with uh, putting up space habitat, which he may have done. It, they talk about him having one up there, whether or not anybody's living in it, I mean, who knows. But McKinnon brings this up, and it's this breakaway civilization that the average person is not privy to, doesn't know anything about, but does actually exist. And you have to wonder, when you see things like this recent landing of the space plane that had been up there for a couple of years, or when some new technology comes out that it's completely inexplainable, where did this come from? It is almost, in a way, like we're being treated like, well... Cattle, I guess you could say. You could say children, but I think that would lend way too much credence to the motives of whoever this deep state or breakaway civilization is. But McKinnon does bring that up. And it seems like maybe in the back of his mind he's come to the conclusion that what he really did was he threatened to expose this breakaway civilization. And when you look back at when he did the computer hacking, so-called, he was using a 56K dial-up modem. I don't know. Some of you, I'm sure, have used those things, and they are slow. I mean, it would take you a half hour to download a high-quality pick. Maybe maybe a couple hours. So he actually was not able to download any of the pictures to make copies of them. He just viewed them. And that may have saved his life. That might have saved him from prison. Because you have to wonder, if he had hard evidence that NASA was covering all this stuff up, and he was able to go on TV at some point and show a picture that proved this, he might be a threat to these people. But I have to wonder if at some point they realized, you know, and we're talking about people that weren't smart enough to put a password on their computer, apparently. Or somebody wasn't, at least. There's a, there's a failure there somewhere. But somebody in that organization got the notion that, well... Listen, he didn't actually download any pictures. You know, his mother, she was out there advocating for him all the time. He's a very sympathetic individual. He has Asperger's. So I think almost at some point, they decided not to pull the trigger on this guy because he was so sympathetic that it, it would have been more trouble than what it was worth. You can decide. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.